0: Hey there, Ass Kickers. Welcome to yet another episode of the podcast. As always, thank you so very much for being here. I'm so grateful that you choose to spend your time with me. I love hearing about what exactly it is that you do while you're listening to the podcast. I've had people tell me, I listen to your podcast while I put on my makeup, while I'm driving to work, while I'm walking my dog, while I'm working out, when I'm doing the dishes. Whatever it is, I am just so happy that I get to do that with you and hopefully give you some things to think about and give you some practical guidance and tools to hopefully change your life for the better. Speaking of, I decided really just before I started recording this intro that I want to do a book giveaway for someone. So here's how you could win a signed copy of my new book, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit. And if you already have a copy, you can give that copy away as a gift. Or give this particular copy away as a gift, a personalized signed copy. And all you have to do is go over to either iTunes or Stitcher. So, as a matter of fact, I'm going to give away two books because I know that many of you are on an Android device and not on an iPhone. And so you might consume your podcasts via Stitcher. So, What I'm asking is that you leave a review on either iTunes or Stitcher about this podcast. If you've never left a rating and review on a podcast before, we will give you some instructions in the show notes so you can just hop on over there and do it. But all I ask for you to do is write a review about something that you have learned from this podcast. It doesn't necessarily have to be from this episode, but so many of you have told me thank you so much. I've learned so much from your podcast. It helps me immensely when you leave a rating and review. So this contest will go from now until Wednesday, January 31st and We will randomly pick a winner and you will be notified via email and I will also announce you in a future podcast episode. Give me a minute for that announcement because I tend to record these a couple of weeks out, especially since I have been traveling so much for this book tour. But you will definitely be notified via email and then I will announce your name on the podcast and let's see, what else? The other thing that I needed to tell you all is that starting on February 5th, it's a Monday, I'm gonna be doing daily podcast episodes for the whole month of February, weekdays only, Monday through Friday, the whole the whole month of February, I should say, and I'm really excited about this. I'm kind of switching it up. I've done weekly Pod episodes for what four years now? I have two, almost 200 episodes and I'm kind of switching it up. I'm, I've been really excited putting the content together and, and how it's all going to make sense. And I'm going to have downloadable worksheets for you to do as you kind of go on this month long journey with me. And I'm just super pumped about it, switching things up, having a little variety. And if you also don't subscribe to my emails, the, the cool thing about this too is that I'm going, it's not just going to be audio, I'm going to write emails that correspond. With each episode. And so those are easily shareable if you want to forward those emails or share it on social media. I am so appreciative of that. So if you aren't a subscriber, you can simply text the word kickass. That's all one word. Text the word kickass to 444 999. You also get a bonus. A digital ebook about your inner critic along with that also has an audio version too for you. So you'll get that. And then you will get my daily uh, emails for it's just for a month. I won't email you that much (laughs) forever and ever. Amen. I know some people do that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's a lot of emails to write and a lot of emails for y'all to read, but just for the month of February. And I really hope that you enjoy it. So what I have for you today is actually an archived blog post that i wrote several years ago and it kind of came across my radar i was going through my through my old writings and by the way you guys june of this year is going to be my 10 year anniversary of when I started my blog. It's not the 10 year anniversary of your kickass life that wasn't born until 2010, but in June of 2008 I wrote my very first blog post. So I have a lot of content on that blog, so Anyway, I was going through and I I found this post that I wrote about courage and I was writing a lot about courage, especially in 2014 when I got my certification with Brene Brown's work and, and her research. And, you know, some things have shifted over the over the last few years. It has always remained the same. I have a huge value around courage and I have a new program that's coming up in March and it's called Raising Hell. And It's called Raise Hell, I should say, and I've been thinking a lot about what raising hell actually looks like. And to me, for women to actually claim her life, for a woman to actually take her power back, for a woman to say yes to things she really wants to say yes to, and say no to things she really, really wants to say no to, and live a life that is in alignment with her values— That, to me, is an act of revolution. That, to me, is an act of raising hell because we live in a culture that does not encourage us to live our life for ourselves. As women, we live in a culture that demands that we are a certain way, that demands that we look a certain way, that demands that we take care of everybody else for ourselves. And when I say the word demand, what I mean by that is it's how we've been brought up and personally, I have been learning what it looks like to take my power back and to take responsibility for my life and to claim my life. For For some people, it's not actually reclaiming their life because many people felt like they never had it in the first place. It's a matter of claiming your life, putting a stake in it and getting really clear on what it is that you actually want and desire and need to change and actually doing that work, peeling back the layers of the onion, as they say, and what that actually looks like. So at any rate, I've been thinking a lot about what that actually looks like. What are the basics of raising hell? And that's what this post is about. Also, before I jump in, one more thing. If you want to be notified very first of that new program, it's it's a four-month program that starts in March, about it. It's brand new. It's been honestly 10 years in the making. I'm going back to basics and I'm going to have a super early bird price and special payment plan. You can just head on over to yourkickasslife.com forward slash raise hell, the hyphen in between that. That'll be in the show notes too. Sign up for early notifications so you don't miss out on that opportunity. So I'm going to stop talking about it and actually tell you about it. So without further ado, here is today's lesson. So you may have followed my work for a bit now and know that I talk about courage and confidence. Those are two big topics that I talk about pretty regularly. And maybe you think, well, I get it. And this whole courage and confidence thing sounds good in theory, but how will my life be different if I learn to be courageous and have confidence? And will it even work for me if I do the work? let me back up for a minute and let me tell you what I was like in my 20s. And And really, I was a happy girl. I was a happy young woman. I had great friends. I had a family that loved me. I worked at good jobs. I was in a long-term relationship, albeit somewhat tumultuous. Outside, everything seemed great. And on a surface level, I was happy. But underneath... And in a lot of ways, unconsciously, I was really, really struggling. I was unfulfilled with my life. I was in the relationship where there was virtually no trust and no real authentic connection. And my friendships were good, but nothing deep and intimate. I struggled fiercely with perfectionism, comparison, and control. I needed to control I was a severe codependent. If you listened to the episode uh, from the 10th with Terry Cole, we talked a lot about that. And really, I thought if everyone would just act like I thought they should act, my life would be so much better. And theirs would actually be better, too. They just didn't know it yet. (laughs) So when shit hit the fan for me in 2006, I isolated to the point of not checking my email for weeks. If you've read my my book, you know, I wrote a whole chapter about that and I, I talk more about that. But there were part, there were, there was a point where, I didn't even log in at all. And I was uh, not returning texts. I was screening all my calls. I barely even talked to my parents. I hardly saw my friends. I remember one time I had lunch with one of my long-term friends and she said to me, well, with divorce statistics, it was bound to happen to one of us. And I don't necessarily blame her for that comment. None of us knew what to say to each other. None of us knew how to truly connect. I was lonely when I was alone and I was even lonely when I was around other people. I was just in a place where I was so sad and depressed and horrified of what I had allowed in my life. I didn't know how to talk to people about it. And during that time of struggle, I made decisions that were completely against my values as a human being. I said yes to men when I really didn't want to just because I thought I should or to try for one shred of connection. I didn't know how to say no. I didn't want to be perceived as a certain way. I would meet new people and either unload my entire story on them. That's what Brene Brown calls trying to hotwire a connection. Or I would completely shut people out. I had no middle ground. I had no emotional boundaries. I was either completely a thousand percent in or totally out. What I came to realize was that once I hit adulthood, my soul became unconscious. I had not dealt with any of the pain that I had in my my teen years. And I just didn't know how to deal with it. I had no clue. So fast forward to now. And anyone that knows me well will tell you that I've always been an assertive person. Even back then, I was an assertive person. I am an Aries. You know, we're the first sign of the zodiac, an ENFJ. I'm a type 8 on the Enneagram, if any of you follow that. But all this personality stuff does not automatically mean That I was born with courage and I was there, that I was born with any confidence. I had to learn it and I still do every single day. And I wanna emphasize this next part that I'm gonna talk about because I really emphasize and talk a lot over here on the podcast about doing the work and what that actually looks like. I love it when I'm being interviewed by someone else and they say, you know, what, is it, what, is it, what does it actually look like to, um, you know, take responsibility for your life or to do personal development? I'm using air quotes over here. So to me, what courage is and what confidence is, what actually, what I like to call what raising hell is, is the following. It's reaching out to the right people when I need help. Again, I think it's chapter two in my book where I talk a lot about this. It's making peace with the fact that most things are messy and imperfect. Most things are messy and imperfect, including personal development and growth. Courage and confidence also looks like standing up for what I believe in, such as giving an opinion. Having courage and confidence looks like setting healthy boundaries and saying no, even though it's not easy, whether those are, you know, just regular good old fashioned boundaries or emotional boundaries that those are some hard lessons. What having courage and confidence also looks like is letting go of control and trusting myself and my faith enough to know that I can handle anything. What's also really interesting to me is, as I mentioned before, I wrote this post several years ago and it's always striking to me to read something that I've written before and realize that a few years later, that particular lesson was really handed to me and was put to the test. So that last thing I just mentioned, letting go of control and trusting myself and my faith enough to know that I can handle anything. So when my dad died just over a year ago, that to me was a true test of surrender and letting go of control. And just knowing that the grief that I was experiencing was all-encompassing. It was full contact. It was the biggest thing I had ever faced in my life in terms of, of grief. You know, I was just talking to somebody about this. You know, I've experienced the birth of two children. And Those moments of welcoming a new life into the room, into the world, is extraordinary, those moments. And then also being with my father as he lay dying and died next to me when it was just he and I. That moment was similar to giving birth of my children, but completely different and devastating, but also beautiful. The feelings and emotions that surrounded that grief... Were something I had to completely surrender to. I got the word surrender tattooed on my arm in my own handwriting because I needed the reminder that I can do this as long as I let go of trying to control it, as long as I let go of trying to control the grief. I've mentioned a few times that, you know, since his death, I've I've listened to people tell me about their experiences. And, and one of the things I heard from several people was you know, the first year, the holidays are really hard. Your birthday is going to be hard. His birthday is going to be hard. Father's Day is going to be rough. And I braced myself for those days. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. Like I cleared my calendar in anticipation for that grief. And most of those days, I was just fine. But it was these completely unexpected moments or things that triggered me that I was not expecting, and those moments completely took me down. So that's when the concept of surrender really was put to the test for me. And that takes courage to trust that you are going to be okay if you walk into this fire. And really, that's what I Think that that courage is. I think that is raising hell in your own life to embrace that, to throw your arms around it, and say, "Okay, I get it. This is how life is. This is what I was made for as a human being. This is what I was made for." Resilience to actually walk into that and to believe that and love yourself through that process. That to me is an act of courage. That to me is an act of raising hell. That to me breeds. And builds confidence in you. And those things that I just mentioned, those are really what what I feel encompass practicing courage, raising hell, cultivating confidence look like. All of the things above still sometimes make me really uncomfortable. Like they usually make me really uncomfortable and are scary. I've accepted that and it's just a necessary part of the experience. And that's what I want for you. You can choose to be what I was like, happy on the surface with an unconscious soul, or you can choose to make the decision to wake up your soul, step into an uncomfortable life that is full of imperfections, full of messiness and uncertainty. But I promise you, ass kickers, I promise you, my dears, that this same life will be full of truth, Will be full of grace and will be full of unsurmountable beauty. And I just love that you're here. Thank you for listening to that. And just a quick reminder if you want to be notified when Raise Hell opens for registration in February, go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash Raise hyphen Hell. And you can sign up to be notified. There's going to be a price break for you, bonuses, extended payment plan. I would love to be able to support you in that. So until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. Okay. Mm-hmm.